How's everybody doing? Hoping you're having a fantastic day. So today we're going to be getting into the fourth video in the series on the development of doctrine slash evolution of dogma. Sorry. And today we're going to be getting into some of the more uh, general comparisons that can be made in the natural sciences. Uh, looking at, uh, and by science, and I probably should have a slide defining this, but by science, we're just generally talking about an organized uh, body of knowledge. So anything from biology to psychology to uh, metaphysics to logic are all sciences. So we're going to be looking at two different types of sciences, uh, how they relate to the principles we've set forth uh, already, because this is going to give us some understanding of how the theology, the science of theology works uh, in comparison uh, to these natural sciences. So specifically uh, how it works uh, evolution wise, the from the point of departure to the conclusions like we've already been talking about. So first uh, we distinguish between two groups of sciences. Because when we when we look at the natural sciences, we see that when we consider the relationship between their principles or uh, it's frequently called axioms, if you go into a science like mathematics, and then the conclusions that that science draws, we see that some of the relationships we've already brought forward are applicable to some sciences and then they're not applicable to other sciences. So on the base level of what we set forward when it comes to improper discourse, that is when there is only a nominal difference between the principle and the conclusion, every science uh, has to engage in this improper discourse. So nominal differences, uh, that's going to be the study of every single science. Every single science is going to have to define their terms, uh, look at uh, parts and holes and every, everything like that. All of the, the three or four functions that I laid uh, laid out above. But when we look at proper discourse, that is conclusions that are not merely nominally distinct from their premises, we see that based on the distinction between the two types of proper discourse, some sciences only draw conclusions that are virtually distinct from its premises, where other sciences also draw conclusions that are really distinct from its premises. So some have conclusions that are really distinct. Some have conclusions that are only virtually distinct. And then with the first group, that is those who draw conclusions that are only virtually distinct, we have the metaphysical sciences, and then we have the mathematical sciences. So I think uh, this is really shown forth most clearly in something like math, where with math, really what you're doing is you are drawing forth what's already implicit or virtually present in the axioms. So if you read something like uh, Euclid's uh, geometry, you'll see an example of this. You state certain self-evident axioms, and then you draw forth conclusions in order to order together a whole body of science. So that's the first group. And in uh, metaphysics does this, logic does this. Uh, really, um, the, all of those things which we wouldn't think of as sciences in, in the modern sense does this. Where in the second group, we have the sciences that are broadly based on experiment and observation. Science is based not on 
self-evident axioms that you draw forth conclusions from, but those that you have to do a little bit of uh, observing and experimenting. This would even be something like we observe a hundred mothers and we see that uh, all of those, uh, the majority of these mothers love their children. Therefore, we can make the morally certain conclusion that mothers love their children. That is that is that second group of sciences. It can be things like political science, sociology. Um, let me think of some others. Uh, biology, uh, physics, chemistry, th things like this. Whatever, whatever you have to do experiment and observation on. Those are those sciences uh, which are in the second group. The conclusions, they are not contained in the premises. So you could look at the premises of economic science all you want, but you're not going to, without some sort of observation about how economies work, going to be able to conclude the conclusions that economists write about. It, it, it needs some observation. So these two groups, their, their only difference isn't in procedure, but there's actually essential differences when it comes to three things three different things that we're going to be talking about. First is the certitude of your conclusions. Second is procedure uh, when it comes to the way in which conclusions are drawn. And then the third is, sorry, the third is going to be the homogeneity of the science. So let me, boom. So first we're going to cover the differences in certitude and procedure. So first, when we look at the metaphysical sciences, we have what's called, you guessed it, metaphysical certitude. So we are, uh, we are certain based on the essences of the various things. So we have an, what's called absolute certainty. It is impossible to contradict uh, the conclusions of metaphysical science, even by God. It's actually very important to remember, even by God. So these are things like uh, we are metaphysically certain of the fact that one plus one equals two. God could not even contradict the fact that one plus one equals two. We are certain that the parts are smaller than the whole, or really the whole is greater than the parts. We are metaphysically certain by that. We are certain of the difference between a square and a triangle and the fact that a square triangle can be greater, a classic example of a square circle. We are metaphysically certain of all these. God could not make a square circle, but that would imply metaphysical contradiction. So uh, things like uh, metaphysics, uh, logic, math, uh, all, of, all of these sciences the conclusions are absolutely certain and in every case going to be the same because it is based on the essence of the thing. And the second type, physical sciences, so things like chemistry, biology, economics, those things, well, actually, uh, economics isn't really a physical science, it's more of a moral science. We're going to get into that next. So these things, they depend on general physical laws that God have has put into place. So this can be contradicted, uh, something like a miracle. So if you look at the virgin birth, we can be physically certain uh, that virgins do not give birth. We can be physically certain of that. But uh, when the virgin birth happened, that was something that contradicted that general law or the resurrection of the dead. 
we think about something like that. We can be physically certain that dead people stay dead, but resurrection is possible because God is able to break the physical laws. Or something like the failure for accidents to adhere in a subject in the Eucharist. We are physically certain that accent, uh, accidents adhere in a subject, but uh, by miraculous intervention, that's something that can be broken. And then the third one, the moral sciences. Moral sciences are really reliant on the general way in which me, we, we suppose men to act. So this is the least certain. We have so-called moral certitude of the conclusions of moral sciences. So uh, we can think about uh, criminology, uh, for example, the, the study of how, um, I actually don't know the technical definition of criminology, but let's just pretend it's the study of how um, you conclude that somebody is a criminal, that somebody's guilty for something that they have done. Uh, let's say you bring forth three witnesses and the three witnesses all witness that this guy was uh, the ax murderer. I don't know. I'm, I'm just making it up now. So you have a moral certitude that that guy is an axe murderer. Now, uh, it's completely possible that all three people are lying. It's completely possible that all three people are deceived. Uh, we can think of a million different uh, reasons why uh, these, these uh, three people are not going to state the truth. So we can only, uh, by the multiplication of witnesses, by looking at different uh, evidences, we can only acquire a moral certitude of the identity of a criminal. I mean, I guess there's technical, technically other ways in which we could look at a physical certitude. I don't know. I haven't thought of the criminology example too much, but witnesses, I guess, would be the, the best example. So there is a completely uh, different level of certitude in all of these various sciences that we're going to be looking at. So the, when we look at the, um, the, the foundation for these differences uh, in the certitude. And I kind of hinted at this already. It has to do with the difference of procedure. So when we look at some a metaphysical science, all of its conclusions are going to be drawn uh, based on the essence of something. So if we look at, uh, for example, the conclusion that the soul or, or really spirits are immortal, we look at uh, the nature of something which is spiritual, uh, uh, based on the essence of spirituality. We conclude uh, simplicity, based on the essence of simplicity. We uh, conclude incorruptibility, and based on the essence of incorruptibility, we conclude immortality. So these are based on the essence of everything before. God could not uh, make a, uh, let's say, a physically composite spirit, because then it wouldn't be a spirit. And there would be uh, some sort of metaphysical uh, contradiction which would be occurring, which is impossible. Or, for example, uh, we look at the essence of a contingent being, and we conclude uh, in, uh, th yes, this would be a conclusion of ontology. We look at uh, the conclusion of, of this, uh, that it needs to have a cause. So it's based on the procedure where we're going uh, and concluding based on the essence of things and the, uh, the tools in which we use to conclude uh, the minor premises are merely bringing out certain facts of the, of the essence. So we, we see this sort of uh, very linear movement that occurs in the metaphysical sciences is everything is going to be essentially implicitly contained in the premises. So, uh, everything is going to kind of fit in uh, very neatly.
But when we look at the physical sciences, uh, we look at um, a thousand different bodies, and all thousand of those bodies do not rise from the dead. Therefore, we're going to uh, conclude that it is something which is accidental to dead bodies, that they do not rise from the dead. It is accidental to dead bodies that they stay dead. So with with the physical or moral sciences, and moral sciences is going to be on the general behavior of mankind, these, these aren't based on something which is essential. Because if it was based on something which was essential, then the physical laws cannot be broken. Because if you have something that goes against the essence of something, then it doesn't exist. Like if we had, if it was essential, if it was of the essence of a dead body that did not rise again, then there there would be some sort of uh, sort of rip in reality if you had uh, a dead body rise again from the dead. So it's something which is accidental. We base we base it on um, on accidental facts about certain phenomena, uh, like that. Um, if we look at Hmm. I'm trying to think of something else. I guess we can use the example of the virgin birth. The fact that um, having relations is actually not something essential, but only accidental to motherhood. It only occurs according to the physical laws of the world. It is it is not uh, a, an essential contradiction to have a virgin birth. Because there's a different way in which it could occur by the power of, of God. So... That is that, that that this actually helps a lot. Echo, echo, echo. Oh no, did I not put on my no my my mic is fine. I wonder what he means by echo, echo, echo. I don't want to be having a bad a bad um sorry. That completely threw me off. I don't want to have a bad uh sound. Let me let me just check on that really quick. And then I'll come back in like 30 seconds. Oh man, I got troll big time. I got troll big time. You were saying it's empty in here. Yeah, these these are meant to be listened to live. They're kind of meant to be uh, listened to within the within the series. It's just easy for me to record them live. Okay, after that brief intermission, I hope you, I hope you all, um, hope hope you all had some good reflection time uh, during there. Got got some water, uh, a good water break. So these these facts lead us to. A difference in homogeneity. So all of these sciences are going to have a difference when it comes to uh, the the type of evolution that occurs in them. So when it comes to metaphysical sciences, it is something which is homogeneous. Uh, and this has to do with the minor premise. So if you guys remember from your logic classes, and this is a good plug, but uh, if you really want to learn about logic, you can go to my website, christianbwagner.com. Go to go to courses. I have a whole course on logic and I actually have a book on logic too. If you look at a little catechism of, of logic on Amazon, I wrote a brief introductory text because I thought it was something that people could use. But after that uh, intermission, the, the minor premise of something, uh, if, if you look at a sort of process of reasoning, such as 
Socrates is a man. Uh, men are mortal. Therefore, Socrates is mortal. That second premise right there uh, that that is able to uh, bring something out of the major premise. That is Socrates is a man. That minor premise, uh, men are mortal. That is going to that, that is going to give us some other piece of data about the major premise. So since in a metaphysical science, as we already talked about, the minor premise is of the essence or the notion of the major premise, the conclusions are going to be objectively identical to the premise. And they're merely going to differ in, uh, in the fact that it is various aspects of the major, of the, uh, of the subject that we're getting, where we're kind of uh, shining our light on various parts of the object of the science. So like metaphysics, we're, we're by all the conclusions we're getting in, uh, in metaphysics proper, um, we're going to be looking at different aspects of being. We're never going to move away from the object of being. The, uh, the premise and the conclusion are going to be something which is objectively identical, but is going to be something which is conceptually uh, uh, different. And this has to do with the, actually has to do with the feebleness of our intellect. So when we go to a certain object, we're able to discern something about that object. And then through a process of what's called discursive reasoning, we're able to go and look at all of what's contained in there, all of the various conclusions that we can bring forth uh, from it. Uh, if we were an angel, angels, they, are, uh, they have a certain simple apprehension of everything contained in a certain object. So angels, they don't really need to go through processes of reasoning. They just know all of the conclusions from all of the premises. But we, due to our weakness, uh, we know a certain first principle, and then we work out all of the conclusions of what's contained in there. But it doesn't mean that we're drawing different things. We're merely drawing different aspects of that thing. The, the miners aren't really adding anything. They're merely adding concepts or uh, really intellectual knowledge uh, to us about that thing. So it's all homogeneous. We're all staying within that same thing. So for mathematics, we're all staying within the realm of quantity. Uh, with uh, metaphysics proper, uh, we're staying within the concept of being. Uh, with logic, we're staying within the concept of being of reason. Uh, all, all of these sciences are homogeneous. They're not heterogeneous. We're not uh, having transformistic evolution, but we're having something which is a singular uh, substantial evolution uh, within, the, within the singularity of the substantial form. So the, the best analogy for kind of how metaphysical sciences work in this homogeneity that I could think of is if you've ever been to the eye doctor, uh, if any of you have ever had eye problems, you, you kind of sit there, they put the chart in front of you. And if you have bad eyes like I do, I have really bad eyes. Uh, it, it, when you look at the chart, the chart is really blurry. And then they put one of the lenses down and that lens makes it a little bit clearer, right? And they put another lens down, it makes it even clearer. They put another lens down, it makes it even clearer. And finally, they put down the last lens, however many uh, different shots it takes. They put that down and boom, it's clear to you. That's the optic that is going to make your vision clear in all of the various details. So at the beginning, when we first approach a science, 
we're kind of like my eyes, uh, unaided. Everything's kind of blurry. We get kind of the outlines and we're at the surface level. We get general details, but we don't, uh, we might not even be able to see what the letters are. And then you start adding these lens, uh, which are the minor premises of these, uh, the, the minor premises of these, uh, uh, syllogisms you start the, these act as instruments which clarify your mind to be able to look at uh, more detail when it comes to this chart so the lens 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 and finally we're able to get to uh, the complete clarity of all of the details of a certain science and if you have amazing vision you are like you are like an angel in this situation you don't need all of the lenses which are helping you uh, see through and helping you uh, gain detail about the thing. You're just able to to see it all in one view. But we ha we're like a very uh, we, we we're like a person with very very bad vision. My wife's like that. She she's horrible vision. She needs very strong glasses. So uh, she she needs a lot of the the lenses to be put down to be able to uh, to be able to see the numbers better. So the miners, the miners aren't adding different information for us. No, no, no. They're not adding, uh, well, different things that uh, are able to inform us. Rather, they're kind of just sharpening our mind to be able to see what's already there. So I hope that I hope that's a helpful analogy for how the metaphysical sciences are actually working, since everything is already contained. But when it comes to the physical sciences, on the other hand, the physical sciences, you have different observations, different experiments that are actually adding data. They're, they're adding objects for your consideration that are completely distinct. So I don't, I don't know how to put that into the analogy with the lenses, but you're actually adding different things, uh, different objects of knowledge. Uh, so you can actually have from... 100 years ago to today in chemistry, let's say, we're learning completely new things that we never knew before. We didn't even know them virtually or implicitly. We just had no idea. We had to observe these phenomena happening and then fit them into the sort of systematic ordering, ordering of chemical knowledge, let's say. So lastly, we can, we can look at the, we look at how this fits with the degrees that we already went over. So for metaphysical sciences, they are a science of the second degree. Um, and if you don't know what a science of the second degree is, you can you can look at the last episode. I'm not explaining all that again. So and St. Thomas actually uh, makes this clear. Uh, he well, he explains a similar concept in his commentary on Boethius's De Trinitate. He says, the method of reason is observed in all the sciences insofar as they proceed from one item to another that is conceptionally distinct from it, but not in the sense that they go from one thing to another thing. So you don't have another thing, which is uh, present in metaphysical sciences. You only have another concept, which, as we said before, has a foundation in the thing. Where when it comes to the physical sciences, it's in the third degree. There, there's a transformistic evolution which is occurring. Okay, that's all I have to say. Looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow, and God bless.